Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us in the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And Bill, I was cheering you on as I watched Sunday morning. You were on ABC uh, giving a brief version of the Churchill, we'll fight them on the beach of speech when it comes to Donald Trump. Did you really mean it that we just have to keep fighting? Well, certainly for now, I think we have to keep fighting. And at some point, well, we have to keep fighting for a long time, perhaps. But uh, look, this race is by no means over, uh, to repeat myself a bit. Uh, he's got, uh, Trump's got about 35% of the popular vote so far, about 44% of the delegates. I think the best guess is he'll probably chug along at about that level um, tomorrow night, maybe a little better, uh, assuming if he sweeps Florida, that's 99 winner-take-all delegates. But um, it's, you know, it's by, uh, George Stephanopoulos, actually, I thought, who was a very seasoned experience, a very seasoned observer of politics, made this point before I did, which is people are kind of saying it's over as a momentum question. But when you actually look at the delegates, it's an iffier proposition for Trump. He's the favorite right now, but by no means a prohibitive favorite, I think, to be, to, to be the nominee. But there's a message from Trump supporters that is, goes a lot like this. Trump is going to come out in the lead no matter what. It is time for you people, by which I think they mean you and me, Bill, specifically, to get on board and back the guy. Otherwise, you're handing the election to Hillary Clinton. Fighting is really campaigning for Hillary. Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's see if he comes out with the most delegates uh, before the convention. Let's see how close he is, even if he has more than anyone else. He may not. I mean, Cruz could catch him if he does better in these late states. There are a lot of big ones still left. Uh, secondly, let's see how many delegates he has, how close he is to 1237, which would be 50% plus one, going into the convention. Um, and I think Trump elects Hillary. I really believe, I mean, there's not a, uh, Hillary has consistently been beating Trump in the polls, the only Republican she consistently beats. And I think if the general election campaign goes on, Trump will wear poorly. Hillary isn't going to wear great, but, you know, she is what she is. She's totally known by everyone. I don't think she's going to get worse. Trump's numbers right now are worse than Hillary. So I'm very dubious that Donald Trump is a serious, credible Republican candidate against Hillary Clinton. I think he'll go down as the campaign uh, goes on, partly because a lot of Republicans don't think he should be president of the United States, and they'll either sit it out or vote for a third candidate uh, if there's an independent Republican candidate. I want to ask you about the events of Friday night, because it's been a it, it was it was tough for me to watch my I was watching my wife who's not particularly political and she kept saying over and over again Bill as she saw the streets in Chicago and the scenes from inside the uh, building I can't believe this is America. No, I had the same feeling. I was watching actually. I was out in L.A. I was there for other reasons, but then I agreed to do the Bill Maher show out there. So I was on Friday night, and I guess they do it at 7 p.m. California time, and these events were happening about 6 p.m. 5, 6 p.m. California time, which was right about 8, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, and it was horrifying. Some of the people around the show were sort of, and this is great, people are showing up to demonstrate to show that Trump's not acceptable. And I said to them, this is not Bill Maher himself, but various sort of uh, hangers-on and whatnot, that really, this is the America you want, where a bunch of people can show up and shout down a presidential candidate, even if you don't agree with him. Is that really a, a good precedent? Now, Trump also has to be blamed for some of the things he said, and, uh, encouraging or at least making light of, I would say, violence. Um, and so the whole thing is deeply depressing. Uh, the, uh, the whole idea of a Trump-Hillary, uh, Trump and, and, and Hillary Clinton being the nominees of the two major parties is deeply depressing. The whole idea of having violence at political rallies in America uh, is depressing. And I'm trying to cheer myself up and find some, some, some reason Boy. to be more cheerful. And maybe the voters are going to come through tomorrow night and cheer me up. But I've got to say, we just had our editorial meeting here, and people are in a pretty 
uh, down mood. And it's not just a matter of mood. I mean, it's a serious concern for the you know for the future of the country. Okay, we're going to pause the uh, podcast so that someone can rush in and put a pillow over Bill's face <laughs> and end this all live on the. I mean, it's, you're supposed to cheer me up, Bill, because I'm counting on the Weekly Standard. I'm one of your readers and you know podcast listeners, and just, I I need something to hang on to. You said to fight one podcast downer here, but don't buy tomorrow when we're on tomorrow night uh, after the returns. I will be, I'll be in a hotel room in New York, so I've got to give a talk there and do a, have a meeting there Wednesday. And I will be, either I'll be cheerful or the hotel mini bar will be half empty and we will have a very incoherent <laughs> podcast at 10 or 11 o'clock tomorrow night. Well, as listeners of the podcast know, incoherent is my middle name. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> I work in it exceptionally well. But I do want but this. So then what are we fighting for? And before I get your answer, let me give mine. I'm very disgusted by these Trump supporters who are defending the violence Trump has called for. A guy who's shouting at a reporter, go to Auschwitz. Another guy who says, I hit you once. If I have to, I'll kill you. On the other hand, it's just as depressing to see yet again that the left has abandoned free speech as a fundamental good. They honestly don't believe it. They honestly believe from college campuses to workplaces to politics to campaign ads that the government should silence the, quote, bad ones. And I think, Bill, that we've we don't want to admit it but those of us who believe in kind of small governments liberty you know a dynamic society we've always been the minority <laughs> the center is very small and the center is held until now and if we don't fight in both directions if we pick a team in this fight the stuff we believe in loses and i've had people say to me forget that just join trump so the republicans can win and i say no because if he wins the stuff that really matters more than the republican party absolutely loses yeah i very much agree with that and i mean you see what's been happening on campus is i totally the left really has abandoned the basic belief in free speech the last thing we need is parts of the right in reaction to the left to do so that is like not to exaggerate but that is like europe in the 30s mm-hmm. not just germany but a lot of other countries france england where you had sort of populist movements in the streets of the right and the left and democracy crumbled or came close to crumbling it didn't thank god in britain under the pressure we had some of that in the u.s too let's not forget um huey long father coughlin etc so it really is not a healthy thing and uh, i totally agree that the conservative movement has to if it's united on anything it should be united on free speech it should uh, object strongly when disruptors prevent a candidate from speaking has happened in Chicago. It also needs to blow the whistle on candidates who do who say irresponsible things and uh, also seem very reckless in their comments about uh, basic First Amendment rights, which Trump certainly has been, and not just on this issue of of uh, encouraging his supporters to beat other people up, but even back a year ago when he wouldn't defend uh, some what might be called anti-Islam speech or critical speech critical of Islam, uh, because, well, that's causing trouble, too. So Trump is an authoritarian. Many on the left are authoritarians. If the American conservative movement stands for anything, it stands for defending liberal democracy and defending the Constitution and keeping a vigilant eye out for the dangers of authoritarianism on all sides. Yeah, I agree with you. And that is the fight that I think is worth fighting. The question is, can we win? And I want to ask specifically about Ohio. Is Ohio enough, Bill, to stop Donald Trump if uh, somebody other than Trump, Kasich or Cruz, wins Ohio? Will that be enough to hold him away from the 1,237 delegates? I mean, if Trump wins Florida and Ohio, the two big winner-take-all states, and then he'd probably win the three other states that are in contention tomorrow night, uh, all three big states, too, Missouri, Illinois, 
um, and North Carolina, uh, then we're, the, those of us who hope Trump won't be the Republican nominee would be in deep, deep trouble. If, if, if the Florida and Ohio split, which I think is the most likely outcome now in case it wins Ohio, yes, then Trump is on a path to, you know, to, to leading comfortably in delegates, but not really on a path to a majority of the delegates. Uh, a lot would depend on what happens, how the delegates split in Missouri, Illinois, and North Carolina. North Carolina is proportional. Missouri and Illinois have a lot of winner-take-all. CDs or, or congressional districts where the winner gets most of the vote, most of the delegates. So that's a little hard to predict how those uh, play out. The Tuesday after this coming Tuesday with Arizona and Utah could be Ted Cruz's best night in a long time. You could sweep both of those. So yeah, it's not uh, winning, uh, depriving Trump of Ohio is, if not necessary, very very important to stopping Trump. But if Trump wins Florida and loses Ohio, the race remains competitive. Uh, and what is interesting is I happen to agree with those people who say that the uh, attacks organized by MoveOn.org at his events help him, that it inspires his voters because it sends the message, hey, you know, we call you guys violent and dangerous all the time. Then someone shows up and beats you up and we praise them and <laughs> attack you. So it just feeds that resentment that, that drives Trump. But I also wonder, Bill, if somehow Trump is denied one, two, three, seven if these protests don't make it easier for the GOP leadership to explain to all but the most diehard Trump supporters, look, you can see why he can't be the nominee. We can't be doing this August, September, October. We've got to have somebody who, you know, who gives us a better place to fight from. Yeah, look, maybe. And I think that's a fair point. On the other hand, Trump supporters will say that's a kind of heckless veto. You're letting the bunch of left-wing protesters decide who the Republican nominee is. I guess I would just take a simpler view, which is the delegates who get elected or the delegates who are getting elected. If Trump does better now, if he gets considerably more than 35% of the popular vote, he's going to start amassing enough delegates to get to 50 or very, very close to 50%. If he doesn't do better, if he sticks at around 35% of the popular vote, he's not going to end up with a majority of the delegates. And if you've gotten 35% of the popular vote, even if it's a little more than anyone else has gotten in the primaries, you don't have a prohibitive claim to be the nominee. You have a some claim to be given very serious consideration by the delegates to be the nominee, but if you're at 35%, you're not at 50%. So I think a lot depends. People are being a little too absolutist about this, and either Trump's going to you know, ride a bandwagon to the nomination or he's going to dramatically collapse. It doesn't look like it's going to be either of those. I think it's going to be a real fight. It really will matter whether Trump has 48% of the delegates or 44% of the delegates, kind of what he's running at now, or 38% of the delegates if he starts to lose some of these big states coming up. So that's why tomorrow night is so important. And then really assuming it goes in a non-decisive direction, that is uh, the way I think it's likely to go with Trump probably winning Florida, but probably losing Ohio and the other states fragmenting somewhat. And then these subsequent Tuesday nights are going to be important. It's going to be very, when is the last time Republicans have had a race where this, you know, where the, each night's primaries really make a difference. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty exciting and pretty nerve-wracking for some of us and might require a certain amount of drinking, but maybe maybe not. <laughs> well, let's start it before our post-results podcast <laughs> on Tuesday night. Bill Crystal, I was going to say thank you for the encouraging words, but I think you lost Churchill somewhere <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll try to get it back by Tuesday night. Excellent. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.